To our dear Wellness Couch listeners, we are sending you all our love during these unprecedented times. Now is the time to appreciate what community really is all about. And on the back of our wellness base camps in Geelong and Camden being postponed, we've decided to run a virtual experience that anyone can attend. It's called Crisis to Confidence. Right now, the world faces five major challenges. The first one, fear and anxiety. So Kim Morrison will present Uncertainty and Love. The second one is social isolation. So Marcus Pierce is going to talk about how to build community during these difficult times. The third is mental and emotional despair. So Brett Hill will talk about how to develop resilience. The fourth is financial uncertainty. So Jason Witten will talk about creating financial security. And the fifth is a challenged immunity. So Cindy O'Meara will share how to boost our immunity during these times. Crisis to Confidence will be broadcast live on Saturday, April 4. And if you can't make it, you'll receive lifetime access. To register and for all the details, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thank you, Wellness Cow Tribe. We love you and send our virtual hugs and kisses. Hi there, this is Libby Jenkinson from Ditch the Carbs, and this is the Primal Alternative Podcast. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, fat-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, episode number 80. Woo! We've hit the 80s. That's so exciting. And over the last two and a half years of recording, I have met some incredible guests. And here's another one Libby Jenkinson. She's a registered pharmacist, certified health coach, mother of three, and founder of Ditch the Carbs and low-carb practitioners, and they're two of the world's top low-carb websites. She also runs one of the most popular online low-carb support groups membership sites. And as a pharmacist, she was in such a unique position to understand the science behind low-carb living. And as a busy mother, she understands how to make low-carb easy and practical. And she's witnessed for decades, the effects of chronic high blood sugar in patients. And she understands how wide-reaching metabolic syndrome is to almost every chronic disease. Libby really wants you to live your best life. And she has helped more people regain their health in the last few years by using low-carb nutrition than in her 25-year career dispensing medication. An ever-increasing number of medical professionals are telling their patients why they need to live low-carb, and she can teach you how to live low-carb. So you can check out Libby at ditchthecarbs.com. She also has a Facebook group called Low Carb Support Group, and she's on Instagram as Ditch the Carbs, uh, and I'll put all of those links in the show notes as well for easy access. So Libby was suggested to me as a podcast guest by my dear friend and primalista Terry Allen from South Caulfield in Victoria. Big shout out to you, Terry. Hello. She'll be smiling now going, because she's gorgeous. Um, I say Terry, but we all know I call her Tegs, even though her friends are like, why does she call you Tegs? You're not called Tegs, you're Tezza. Well, she's tags to me. I don't know why, but just she is. And I've met her on a number of occasions and love it a bit. She is great. And what an excellent um, guest for the show. That was a great suggestion. So thanks so much, Tags. Um, both Libby and I think you're a fantastic human being. Um, so thanks for everything that you do. Libby's awesome. You're just going to love this episode. It's one of those episodes that 
if you're trying to get someone over the line into this way of life, let them listen to this show because um, it's just one of those real, like it just gets to the crux of it really simply uh, instead of like us banging on about it for ages. You know, just one show in the car, you know, while you're away for a long weekend or going somewhere with your loved ones, pop this on in the car and just feel inspired about how easy this really can be. And as you know, here at Primal Alternative, um, I'm also a health coach. And the reason I started this grain-free business was because I saw how hard it was for people to keep on track. And they were missing things like bread and pastries. And when, when Libby talks you through the things that you need to um, reduce and replace, you know, the things that we need to get rid of are things like baking items, pastries, um, breads, those sorts of things. And that's fine if you can just totally cut those out in your diet. They're good on you. But I don't know about you, but I just couldn't live without bread. <laughs> so I made a primal alternative to bread that's made with delicious nutrient-dense ingredients like nuts and seeds, free-range eggs, vegetables, coconut oil. So, you know, it's not bread at all. It's seasonal veggies and good fats in disguise. So you can have your bread and eat it too. We've got an amazing low-carb range for all of you low-carbies out there. Um, so we've got our fat and seedy bread, uh, which has got only one gram of carbohydrates per slice. We've got our fat and seedy pizza bases, which I'm about to go and make for dinner tonight. They've got four grams of carbs per entire base, and they are made completely with um, almond meal, seeds, eggs, and that's it. Like how good and healthy is that? Delicious. We've also got a no-nut hemp bread that we make with our very good friend and awesome bro who totally lifts us up into the celeb stratosphere, Chef Pete Evans. Um, our no-nut hemp bread is lunchbox friendly. It's really good to make actual sandwiches from and toasties. And that's got 1.8 grams of carbs per slice. Winning! We've got our triple choc keto cookies. Um, so if you love a little bit of a decadent dark chocolate hit, check those out. 1.8 grams of carbs per cookie. Winning. And we've also got our jellies, which are full of gut nourishing gelatin, which is amazing to get into our kids and ourselves. They're um, a beautiful deep red color, which is um, from beetroot powder. So no artificial colors or flavors here. Thanks very much. And they are super low carb as well and just absolutely delicious for a little post-workout snack or just a good little protein hit on the go. So to check out the full range, head to our website, primalalternative.com. We have got a online shop, so you can order on there. And Primal Alternative is different. If you're hearing about Primal Alternative for the first time, then hello. Yay. I'm so glad you're getting to hear about us because you know, I'm just a mum uh, on the south coast of Western Australia with a massive mission to make grain-free easy for everybody, and I can't do it on my own. So what I've done is created a sisterhood of home bakers, so other women like me and like Libby who find that we like to help people and we love to cook. Um, and so at Primal Alternative, um, I've created a network of what I call Primalistas, and what they do is they make the Primal Alternative range from home in their registered kitchens um, to serve their communities, sell at their farmer's markets, get into their local health food shops and cafes, you know, sell to their CrossFit pals, you know, social networks, on their Facebook page, wherever they like. How cool is that? But you know what? We're, we're a small um, and growing network of home bakers, but we're only micro bakers, right? We're just one woman in a domestic kitchen with a domestic oven. We can only do so much. So I need thousands of primalistas across Australia and the world so that we can get primal alternatives into everyone's local store because, you know, convenience is something that we need in this day and age. We need things that are made for us. But the reality is that the convenience food out there, 
we got to make a big compromise in terms of the packaging that's used. We use biodegradable cellophane. Yay. And also the ingredients and the way it's made. I don't know about you, but there's something really extra nourishing about the vibration of homemade food. Don't you agree? Like so much better than something from a factory. So anyway, I am looking to recruit new primal alternative producers, especially in New Zealand. New Zealand people, listen up. I have got one primalista in Christchurch, the amazing Susie Cole. She's a legend. Hey, Susie. And she's flat out because she's the only producer in New Zealand. And I'm not joking. It feels like every third comment on social media is, do you have a producer in New Zealand? When can we get these products in New Zealand? And I don't know what's going on with New Zealand. It's a bit slow on the uptake. Let's go. We need Primal Alternative in all of the stores, farmers markets, health food shops and cafes across NZ, North and South Island. So let's go. I checked um, at the South Island market when I was in, um, my husband's from Dunedin. Hello, Dunners people. And we checked out some of the farmers markets and just got the, the general vibe for the scene, the foodie scene in the South Island. And that was two years ago in OMG. You guys have got some good paleo breads over there, but nothing quite like Primal Alternative and nothing that I could find that was homemade locally by someone in that community, which is pretty extra special, don't you think? So let's go. If you want to find out more about how it all works, because I know it's kind of different, then head to primalalternative.com forward slash license. I personally interview everybody that wants to be a Primalista so that we can have a look at how the, the business could work in your life. So it's more of a strategy session than anything um, and just seeing if we're a good fit for each other. So it's a license. So you get the license to produce the range. You know, you don't need to hit any targets or, you know, there's none of that nasty stuff. It really is all about creating a business that serves you and taking your passion for low-carb, paleo, primal eating and turning it into a purpose to help other people. How freaking cool is that? So check us out, primalalternative.com. I'm so stoked to have Libby on the show. Let's get straight into the interview. Libby, I'm stoked to have you here today. Let's get started with what you have for breakfast. Rightio. Um, breakfast for me is pretty much the same thing, um, or maybe two options, I guess. Some mornings I don't have any breakfast, especially if I'm doing sort of like an intermittent fasting day, um, and I just have maybe a creamy coffee some days. But most days I would say my breakfast would be eggs, eggs any which way, scrambled or fried, but generally scrambled, or I actually get my children to make them. That's the best tip I can give you today. <laughs> yeah, right. So how do you get you know, um, how do you get your kids to actually buy into making the food? Um, I started slowly and I do that with everything that I'm, um, you know, sort of lifestyle changes within the family. I just go stepwise and we slowly started um, becoming low carb, whole food, real food. And as slowly the sort of cereals and the granola and the toast left the house, I would encourage them. I would firstly make their breakfasts, but as time went on, I got them to make their own breakfast. So they're absolutely whizzes in the morning to make their own scrambled eggs or fried eggs. Or my youngest, he actually loves ground beef or mince for breakfast. So he will quite often use that in a recipe for dinner the previous night on purpose so that he can have that for breakfast in the morning. And we just kind of went slowly with the family. I mean, that's just breakfast as an example. But we just went slowly as a family that we would slowly introduce new recipes to replace the old high carb or junk food that we were maybe used to in the past. Wow, that's so cool. So let's, let's go into um, your background a little bit. If you could tell us how you got into this whole low carb lifestyle. Okay, so I uh, went to quite a few workshops here and it was done up at one of the universities and it was all about low-carb nutrition and the state of the health of the nation um, and that kind of triggered ideas in my head and really light bulbs were going off in my head the whole time I was sitting in these um, workshops. I'm a pharmacist, I'm a registered pharmacist, I no longer practice 
But all the things I'm talking about, insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome and the lack of nutrition in the current food pyramid were all just little triggers in my head going, oh my goodness, this just absolutely makes sense. And so that triggered my curiosity, I guess. And then I went off and did, as most people do sort of in the medical field, they almost try and um, prove them wrong or prove, you know, this low carb, it really doesn't work or this whole, whole food eating surely can't be that magical. And then you go and look at the research, you go and look at the studies and you're thinking, why isn't this out in the public? Why isn't this out there? And then it just opens your eyes more and more as to what is really wrong with the state of play at the moment. Um, And then as I'm a pharmacist or was a pharmacist and I was dispensing and sometimes pages of medication and I would look at it with a sort of a critical eye thinking how much of this could have been prevented through lifestyle changes, through food choices, through better stable blood sugars. And then from there, it, my curiosity just got peaked more and more, and I did more and more research. Um, and then that's when I kind of decided just purely as a hobby to start up my website, and then it just snowballed from there. And if somebody told me where I am now six years ago, I would never have believed them. <laughs> I know, because it, it, and that's what I find so fascinating about you, Libby, is that you've got that scientific, you know, you were in mainstream, you know, pharma- pharmaceuticals. Um, yeah. You know, you were there and that's what you were dispensing and advocating essentially. And now you're like completely, you, you've had to like kind of like dis- disown all of those beliefs and, and make a new... Oh, absolutely. And the, the irony is not lost on me now that I'm actually helping more people become healthy and come off the medication, obviously with the help of their... Um, their GP, but I'm helping more people come off the medication in the last six years through low carb and whole food nutrition than actually in the last 25 years dispensing their medication. And so many of my friends and colleagues are finding exactly the same thing as happening in their practice. Um, so there is a groundswell. There is changes afoot. Don't worry if anyone's listening to this and thinking change isn't happening. It will do. Um, but that's, I think, where the the sort of irony is that so many of us are just thinking so much is wrong, but then we've got, like you say, we've got the science background to understand, you know, why it's, it's, it's an exciting times to live in. <laughs> I think it really is. And especially because, you know, we can get access to so much information, you know, like your website and other um, similar websites, mm. it's all out there at our fingertips and we can get that information, which is a super exciting time but just just on your because I'm fascinated with your pharmacist background so just a final point just a final point on that what what were the main um not necessarily the names of the drugs you were dispensing but what were the the sort of the main um illnesses that you were or you know like the, the main sort of things that you were dealing with as a pharmacist it would mainly be chronic diseases of I guess it would be a lot of it blood sugar control, so that's type 2 diabetes. It would, But that also blood sugar control knocks on to heart disease and cholesterol management um, and antidepressants uh, because that's been shown now to have a huge impact through going pe- taking people off junk food and the sugar roller coaster and going on to whole food. But it's really chronic diseases, and this is where my big... Um, kind of emphasis is, I guess, that people don't understand that chronic diseases don't happen overnight. They happen from, you know, from decades before and from eating habits learnt in childhood. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about children and families living on real food, um, living on, you know, stable blood sugars, not these roller coasters, because it is these eating habits that we learn in childhood that actually go through into adulthood. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad that you gave that answer because I had a very sneaking suspicion that chronic disease was the main thing that, you know, it's this like constant, this is a tablet that you're going to be taking for the rest of your life kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. And people would come and say this, this, this tablet doesn't work. What's another one I couldn't give. And I was in a very awkward, um, ethical and moral um, position to be in because as a pharmacist, you can't, um, contradict what a medical practitioner would say. And obviously I wouldn't because they have their full medical history. Um, but then I also think it's unethical of me not to say, well, do you realize that there's an alternative to this? Maybe you might want to just go and have a, a little look into um, 
what having stable blood sugars might do for you in your position. Or maybe you might want to go and have a look and see what eating, um, ditching the bread and the pasta and, and the sugary drinks might do for you. Um, and that would actually just pique the interest to go, oh, actually, maybe there is a different way. So, so yeah, it was, it was an interesting um, conundrum to be in sometimes, but also a wonderful one because I would have people come back going, oh my goodness, no one ever told me that. That is brilliant. So um, I do miss my gorgeous local community patients, but I also love helping, you know, the millions that I do every month now. So it's a wonderful position. It is. I love what you've done. It's very inspiring. So, you know, you were a pharmacist, you're still registered, you're, you've got three kids, you're now a health coach, you run three websites and you help out those <laughs> practitioners. Kind of like, a, um, you know, you didn't just do this by house, Libby, you, uh, you were like boots, boots and all in. So tell me. Boots and all, if you're going to do it, do it well. Absolutely. <laughs> Make an impact. Good on you. So tell me, I'd love to know a little bit about your health coaching course, what, which one you did, and I'd love to hear about when you finally made that decision, like, right, that's it, you know, this, um, you know, this, this um, career in pharmacy is not aligned with my values now, and I need to take that scary step, you know, um, away from a career of 20 years to, to then start out on your own. Oh, it was it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make because when you step away from, you know, I'm registered but I'm no longer practicing, so I'm no longer on the practicing register, but I'm still a registered pharmacist. And once you come off the practicing register, it's almost there is no going back. You know, yes, you could go and do years more of study to go back on, but there is no going back. So I knew, I absolutely knew in my heart of hearts this was the right thing for me to do, but it took a couple of years for me to sort of, you know, practically family, everything else to decide this is what I needed to do. And I think the sort of the final piece of the puzzle was for me is really thinking to myself, you know what, I'm working part-time as a pharmacist. I'm trying to do every hour I can for my website to help people because every day I'm getting testimonials through the email, through Facebook Messenger, through the Instagram saying, oh my goodness, Libby, you know, you have done for me what I couldn't have done in the last 25 years. Or one lady in particular, I remember, she said, you have done in three minutes on a live video, which I have tried to change my husband's eating habits for the last 15 years, and you've done it in three minutes. And so I get <laughs> testimonials like that, that are just, they're just, you know, heartwarming, and they bring a, a happy tear to my eye to think, I've had a little wee hand in that. You know, I've somehow I've managed to help somebody really regain their health as opposed to medicate them. And I absolutely know people have to be on medications, but you can't medicate yourself into healthy. You can change your lifestyle, you can change habits, you can change your behaviors and you can change your food. And that's where I absolutely love to help people. And it's um it's a privilege to be to be able to do that. Um and my I think my best best testimony I ever had is when people email me, they say they've fallen pregnant because they've mm -hmm. overcome the insulin resistance and they've stabilized the hormones. And of course, you know, I'm not saying this is what can, what will happen, but it's happened for a lot of people in my group now. And I think there's now nine ditch the carbs babies. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, I know it's, it just honestly makes you tearful to think of how people have been struggling for years and then they find something like this and it's it really is life-changing oh it's just it, that it's so heartwarming isn't it I, I love that story that's so, yeah. so cool and it, you know like I think the body is so smart and fertility is you know if, if you know if, if we're on that sugar roller coaster and you know our body thinks that we are actually starving there's a lack of food and um you know we're not healthy and our hormones are all over the place it's not the best time to reproduce and bring another human into the world and your know, cortisol absolutely absolutely on that sugar roller coaster so it does all make sense and, and it's beautiful to see how quickly the body can heal and become optimal again and make little humans and healthy humans you know that um, yes. you know that which is which is also exciting so i know that we i really today i really want to um jump more into the kind of like getting back to basics um and i'm really and it's funny what you said about your three-minute video, like helping, um, you know, get the husband over the line after the wife had been trying for fifteen years. Because 
this is the kind of podcast that I would love um, people to share with, you know, people they love, that they want to help them and, and help them reclaim their health. And, and I think once you get into the journey a little bit, it's, we start to talk about optimizing sleep and manifesting our ideal life. But it's sometimes really nice to kind of like bring it back and work out how to, you know, get back to basics and actually how to start going low. Yeah. So can you take us back to the very beginning? Or even if we've done this for a while, I hear of a lot of people who do low-carb, paleo-primal, they feel great, and then they kind of like get off the track and fall off the wagon a bit. So this is really helpful for those people too who are looking to get back on board. Yeah. So what I always say, whether you're low carb, you're keto, you're primal, paleo, whatever your sort of um, lifestyle choice is, I always say there's kind of pretty much five things that I sort of say to people, go through stepwise. And this is how I teach all of my members is go stepwise and just do one little step at a time. Because if you go in, and this is the biggest failure I see, People go in too hard, too fast, and that's not sustainable. So therefore, if they go in too hard, too fast, then and they make too many rapid changes, they're continually falling on and off the wagon. And then they're sort of, you know, beating themselves up inside going, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. And it's like, you know what? You've just gone in too fast. So let's just peer it back, like you say, and let's go slowly. So the first thing I always say, and this is applicable to everybody, is figure out where is the highest area of sugar in your diet. So for some people, that could be fizzy drinks. It could be juice. It could be energy drinks, or it could be flavored milk. But generally, the drinkable, you know, the, the, the liquid sugar is the biggest area. And that's somewhere where you can make an immediate impact on day one. So say, for example, if somebody is hooked, and I've had people who have been hooked on a dozen full sugar Cokes a day and they have got no idea how to get off. So for example, for that person, I said to them, right, okay, first step is we're going to get you onto Diet Coke. Now I don't like diet drinks and I don't think long-term people should be having them long-term, but there is a short-term place and just at the beginning to get you immediately off those sugary drinks. And so they might go into the the diet drinks just for a period and immediately their sugar will have dropped by maybe 70 or 80% in their daily diet. Then we talk about stepwise, let's get you off those those diet drinks, whatever they are. So say, for example, if somebody's on maybe 12 a day, we'll go, right, now we're going to go back to six a day. Then from there, we're going to go down to just four and then maybe two. Then we cut back to maybe just one a day. Once you're okay with that, and people can't even envisage that when they're on you know, a dozen full sugar drinks, how they're going to get down to one diet drink. But they do, and they do it stepwise, and that's why I love teaching that method. And so therefore, then we're on one. Then I say to them, okay, now it's just going to be for weekends. And then after that, it's just going to be if you're out and about and there is nothing else on, on offer for you. And then the other thing I teach is say, for example, when people, especially kids, they're hooked on juice or energy drinks or flavored milks, will you find alternatives? So say, for example, with the juice, I would, and this is how I got my kids off the juice, I started to dilute it. So it would be 75% juice, 25% water. And that's not much of a big change, but it's enough. You've already cut it down by a quarter. And then you keep on increasing the amount of water and decreasing the juice. And so you can kind of see my method of how I work here, that we slowly replace and then we slowly remove and we just find alternatives and stepwise do it. And then once we got the worst area, then we would go on to, so that would be maybe number one. Number two would be all your sweets, your candy and your chocolate. Number three would maybe be your baking, your, your cakes and your pastries then we would move maybe onto your cereal and your granola, those sugary things you have for breakfast. And then the last thing is getting all of the sugar and the flour out of all of your, your daily diet. And obviously that means all the junk food and the processed foods. So that's why I kind of keep that to number five because it can be too much too fast. Wow, that's really comprehensive. So to start low carb, there's two different ways to do it. We can do the, um, you know, the slow, slow reduction and, you know, those people at yep. A lot of people will be gasping, you know, 12 cans of Coke a day. But I, I was drinking two litres of, um, in my teens, drinking two litres of diet, caffeine-free diet Pepsi. And I thought that was, I didn't, <laughs> seriously, I drank Pepsi and, Pepsi and Coke 
all of my life until I was pregnant and uh, I was in Australia at the time. I think Australia is very evolved, same as New Zealand, very evolved in terms of health, more so than the UK. Hopefully the UK will catch up soon. But like I, I legit did not know that it was bad for me. I was like, well, it's, it's diet. It's got nothing. No yeah. Like you don't really make that connection between, you know, whole, there's no whole food. It's all about calories and how much you weigh. Yeah. It's about, you know, what's actually in it. And I actually lost a tooth due to all of the phosphoric acid in the. In wow. The, and I just think, God, that if it rotted a tooth, what the hell did it do to my guts? You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Things we can't see. It's, it's, it's really quite scary. No. So I like, I like this. So it's replace and remove or my favorite, which is find alternatives. So now I yeah. think we've always had fizzy drinks, uh, Libby. I don't know about you, but I think we, as a species, we've yeah. always had a drink. And I think we're getting back more to those beautiful traditional things like, you know, water kefir and kombucha made properly. Um, can yeah. be, even just some fizzy water can just really hit that nice sparkling spot. That people need so and even sort of get get a range of herbal teas that you know i mean i i not many herbal teas i like um and water i don't particularly like but i have found ways to incorporate them so i will have for example i know there's a blood orange herbal tea here which is absolutely delicious um so i will like that and we often make it in the summer in big big jugs with ice for the children and they love it because it tastes like it's a fruity drink but there's nothing, there's no sweetness in there. It's more like the taste of, say, the orange peel, kind of orange zest kind of flavor. Mm. And for water, I will always make like a sparkling water and I will put a slice of lemon juice in there, you know, a little slice of lemon in there. Mm. Um, and I drink sort of tea and coffee and all those kind of things. So, yeah, it's just about replacing and then removing. And whether you want to go stepwise and whether you want to do a pantry clearer and go all out on day one, which some people find cathartic to get rid of everything. Mm. Yeah. do what works for you that's why kind of overarching thing is do what works for you yes well depending on your personality whether you're all in like yeah. i'm like let's throw everything out and do it you know 100 from day one or if you need to have baby steps or if you you've gone all in and, and things have like crept back in then go back to replacing so so just to go through that again to clarify for our listeners getting rid of the sugary drinks then the lollies then the baking and the pastries then the cereal and then yep. containing like your sugar and your flour, all of your, your processed junk. You've, you've got it. You're a quick learner. Absolutely. <laughs> I am taking note. Um, so just one thing on cereal, right? Is there life after cereal? Because I know for a lot of busy families, getting out the door in the morning, it's like it's hard enough as it is, getting kids out of bed, getting their clothes on their lunch boxes ready missing you know getting to the school bus is is it possible i mean i know your family tell us first of all two questions tell us the age of your kids and tell us how you got them off the cereal because this one okay so mike i've got two boys uh 12 and 16 year old and a daughter who's 18 and we have been doing low carb for i think six years now maybe over six years and in that time uh I would say it probably took us a few months to get off the cereal. It will take time, and I don't want people to think it was an easy ride. It will take a wee while, but you just keep on working at it. And it, we haven't had cereal in the house for yeah for for six years now. And you just find alternatives. And again, kind of going back to you know slowly replacing and removing. I would slowly buy less cereal every morning. So sorry, every week. So say, for example, if I used to buy, say, I don't know, maybe seven packets a week, I'm just guessing here, then each week I think, okay, this week I'm only going to buy maybe five packets or, you know, because kids don't have it just for breakfast. It's almost a dessert these days. They will have it after school. They will have it after dinner. If they're ever hungry, the first thing they'll reach for is the cereal. And the reason is because it's sweet and it's easy and it is like another dessert. You know, I've written a whole article on this, you know, breakfast, the new dessert. Um, and so as I removed the cereal from our family, I would slowly, again, stepwise find alternatives. So I'd say, right, to some the children each morning, okay, this morning I'm going to make some eggs for breakfast. And they think, oh, okay, cool, mum's making eggs. And so that slowly got out of, you know, maybe one or two days breakfast in the morning from cereal. And then they would allow 
they would have some leftovers and they go, oh, mum, can I have, you know, um, some leftover chili for breakfast? And I go, sure, you can have that. So again, that's another morning we've gone without cereals. And then eventually I used to do a bit of the cooking in the mornings, but I'm busy. I'm busy as the next person. So I'm not going to become a short order cook. So I wanted the children to learn. So my boys included, everyone, they all can make their own scrambled eggs, fried eggs. They can all reheat some leftovers. Um, my husband, he prefers natural unsweetened yogurt with some homemade granola that I, that I make. And I've got every flavor you can imagine, chocolate, jaffa, cinnamon, ginger, you name it. Um, and so we slowly just came up with new ideas. And then eventually I got down to just one packet a week and I actually declared it in the house. I said, you know what, kids, enjoy this because after this packet, there is no more. And there wasn't. But it took us a while. And I think that's where some parents find it hard to even envisage how the change will happen. And it doesn't have to happen overnight. You know, give yourself some grace that parenting is blinking hard enough, you know, <laughs> trying to suddenly put a lifestyle change in there as well is another layer of complexity. So just go slowly. And if it takes you six months to a year, so be it. Imagine if you started a year ago. Oh, yes, that's so inspiring. That's so inspiring. <laughs> and there's, sorry, I'm salivating here because it is breakfast time over here in WA. <laughs> you progressed a bit with your day in New Zealand, but those recipes, the, the granola recipes, are they on your website? Yes, yes. So if on if you go to ditchthecarbs.com and the, all the recipes are there and you go up to the recipe search and they're all categorized into breakfast, lunch, dinner, sweet treats, drinks, um, slow cooker, instant pot, and even school lunch boxes. I've got a whole category of lunch boxes and what, what to put in your lunch box. Oh, genius, because I know that after breakfast, the, the thing I get asked the most is what shall I have for breakfast? The next question is what the hell am I going to put in my kid's lunch box? And it's, it's very common <laughs> when, like, you, you know, when you pop into the schools, when the kids open their lunch box, it's just processed, packaged crap. And you just think, oh. So very good resources. I can't wait to go and try some of your recipes. That's so cool. Which, which leads us really nicely into making this affordable. That's another really common objection. It's like, right, well, that's fine. You know, Libby doing eggs and meat for breakfast, but cereal is convenient and it's cheap as chips. So how can we make low carb eating affordable? Okay, well, first of all, I would go for simple meals. A lot of people at the beginning try and do these big, complicated, fancy, low-carb, paleo, keto, whatever meals you want, but they kind of make it complicated. And just go back to basics and do really, really simple meals. Also start to look at the cheaper cuts of meat. You know, I buy stewing steak and gravy steak, which is cheap. As, you know, that would maybe be under $10 a kilo. That's in New Zealand. So maybe, I don't know, five to eight Australian. Um, and so use those and put them in your slow cooker, put them in your instant pot and you have them. I mean, we live like, like kings. We really, really do. And our shopping list is no more expensive than it used to be. I do think there is a period of adjustment at the beginning when you're still buying some high carb things for your family who maybe aren't on board, you're still buying the old staples of snacks and lunchbox fillers, but you're still now trying to introduce maybe, you know, a roast dinner with vegetables or your some fish or some, some whole food recipes. So there will be a period of adjustment, but the eventually the longer you live on whole food and low carb food, your snacking will start to reduce. The amount of food you eat will reduce. Um, and also think of the cost of food versus the cost of ill health. And I mean, I know that as a pharmacist, I would see people coming in with chronic diseases who are paying thousands, absolutely, if not tens of thousands, to get themselves to a point where they're feeling good or they're feeling better. And how much of that could possibly have been invested in good nutrition throughout their life. So I kind of see it as a long-term investment and what I'm investing in myself and my children now. Um, and you made a really good point about, you know, breakfast cereals are cheap, but are they? Like I looked at one the other day and then like, this is New Zealand money, about sort of, you know, $8 for a box of cereal, yet I can buy a dozen eggs for the same price. And so rather than the kids going to school on a sugar roller coaster, my kids will go to school on some eggs and some butter and some cheese and maybe throw some leftover chicken in there. And again, I don't do this. <laughs> they can do that for themselves. Um, you know, and people often say, 
I always give my classic example. People think, oh, $180 for a pair of shoes. What a bargain. Yet if you say to them $180 for a week worth of groceries, they think that's a ripoff. So it's just kind of thinking about where your priorities are. It's just thinking um, about buying cheaper cuts of meat, buy the fattier cuts of meat, and buying what's in season. Don't buy what you need for a recipe, but buying what's on special and then creating a recipe with what you've got. Brilliant advice, absolutely gold, and it and it, and it is doable. And I think when you when you have that um, extra fifty to seventy five dollars that you're not spending on all the packaged garbage, you know, in those middle aisles of the supermarket that are heavily processed and never go off and full of you know preservatives and additives and things like MSG that just they actually don't taste nice. It's just cardboard, but they've got the flavor enhancer in them to make the cardboard taste nice. I mean, are we really wanting to eat this stuff? You know, but when you've got exactly. that, when you've got that extra freedom of cash, you've got that gives you a little bit more to go, you know, to the local farmer's market or to go to your local butcher and get, and when you go to the butchers, especially, you know, and you get the cheaper cuts of meat and, you know, and especially look at you in New Zealand, just such fantastic grass-fed meat where you are. It's so good. Yeah. And you made the other brilliant... And when you... Sorry, you go, Libby. Sorry. <laughs> um, and when you stop buying the takeouts and stop going out for meals, you know, takeout for a family of five could easily cost $100. Well, that would be maybe three nights worth of meals you know and it's just a no-brainer to think well do I want like you say the good word the garbage and the junk food from a takeout meal or do I want three nights of steak and blue cheese or fathead pizza or you know spaghetti bolognese with zoodles or something you know there's no deprivation whatsoever it's just it just takes a while and that's where I often, again, I'll say to people, you know, just give yourself grace that it does take a while to figure out new recipes or new solutions and new ideas, and you don't have to do it all night. But the more you do it, it actually is self-encouraging. You want to do it more. You just inspired me for a, a weekend meal because usually during the week, and I want to find out what you guys eat during the week as well, but usually during the week we just have pretty easy, you know, chicken curries and chili con carne and things that are just really easy to whip up and dish out and be scoffed and off to bed. But um, at the weekend, we spend a bit more time dining. And you, when you just said steak and blue cheese, I haven't had steak and blue cheese for years. And you can just really <laughs> cook a really amazing steak and just put some rock forts, which is a special kind of yep. on top. And I just thought, wow, that's going to be so yummy with like a bit of rocket and a little bit of maybe sliced apple or sliced pear. Oh, could you imagine that? Bit of olive oil, bit of apple cider vinegar. Honestly, that is the kind of meal we pretty much live on, especially in the summer here when we don't want the oven on. We will have steak and, like I say, like, you know, the blue cheese. Or my youngest, he loves blue cheese, but he also loves camembert or brie. So he will slice a little bit of that and put that on top of his steak. And again, we buy it on special, so we're not going out to any fancy cheese shop. I buy all of my groceries from the local grocery store. There is a butcher that I go to occasionally, but generally I'm there. I'm just with the other mums, you know, with the shopping and I buy regular stuff. But it's buying, making simple meals, you know, making a coleslaw, you buy half a red cabbage, half a white cabbage, put them in your blender and bam, you've got coleslaw ready for the entire week. And having a bag of salad, like you say, it's just so easy and pouring some olive oil, you know, if my kids are making dinner, because they have to make dinner once a, once a week, each of them has their night, they will cook sausages or steak or um, I think my youngest is the most adventurous. He loves cooking fathead pizza or fathead pizza nachos and all mm. those kind of things when he's got more time. Um, but I think there's an ulterior motive because he wants it for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but these things are, are, are fun to try. Sounds amazing. So how, how old were your kids when you started giving them their their night to cook a week? Oh, probably we've been doing it probably for maybe for a couple of years now. So I guess my youngest, if I work it back, would have been about 10. And then we started, and up until then, my older ones did cook occasionally or they would cook with me. They've always been in the kitchen, part of the preparation or part of the cooking. And I'll say, oh, can you stir this or can you cut this or I'm busy, can you do this? So they've always been part of the kitchen, but now they've got a dedicated night where it is actually their night that they have to cook. And um, a top tip that I'll give out to all the other families listening is that I also say, 
okay, if it's a night that may, you know, cause I will, I've got the three children and my husband, so it's four. So that means I have to cook on the other three nights of the week. And I'll say to them, right, if you want to cook an additional night, I'll pay you $5. And mm-hmm. man, that is the best motivator ever because they, mum, can I cook dinner tonight? I go, absolutely, sweetheart. You go for it. <laughs> That's a brilliant tip. I love that. I really like that. And, and I think all of us mums want to get to that stage where we can outsource a cook, you know, to the family. Because let's face it, we all still want some element of convenience and not having, and having the night off because having to do everything from scratch every night is it is too much just for one person. And I think that when we look into our little nuclear families, we can um, disperse the workload. But, but, you know, if you've got kids who are like preschool, probably not yet, you know, like, so like, no. but so I think if we, if we look at high school age, would you say Libby would be a good time? Yeah. To say, right. What night do you want to cook? Maybe start with a weekend night. So they've got a bit more time up their sleeve to, to do it. Would you reckon? Absolutely. Okay. And also, like, if, for, if you've got a toddler or a little preschooler, they can have little jobs. Like, you can maybe say to them, okay, can you get the bag of salad out the fridge and can you open it up for me? And they will just think that's the most exciting <laughs> job in the world. Or you say, okay, can you get out your safety scissors and can you chop the bag of the, the salad open for me? And I often used to say to my kids, can you go and get the, when I was making cakes, can you go and get me out the measuring cups? And I would teach, and this is how I teach the maths as well. I would say, right, I, I haven't got a cup measure. I would hide it. And I'd say, right, so how many of the quarter cups do we need to make the one cup? And I mean, this is when they're a bit older, not when they're toddlers. I'm not raising geniuses here, don't you worry. <laughs> but they would go, oh, okay, I need four of those to make a cup. And so there's different things that we can teach children while they're cooking at different ages of their life. I just think it's one of those life skills that is slowly being lost and it doesn't need to be complicated. It, it can be fun and it can be, like I say, get your toddlers and get them to just rip open a bag of salad and plonk it on. I mean, they'll make a mess. Yes, they will. But they think they're helping and then they can grow up and they can maybe peel the carrots or they can just put the carrots into a, a cooking pot or, you know, just little things like that that are age appropriate. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. One of the jobs that um, my kids loved to do the most when they were little was to light the candle because we always have a little tea light at the table just to kind of make yeah I I like sitting at the table and we don't like we don't have anything else fancy just normal knives and forks and plates and but it's just like can you set the table and light the candle it's like you know it's kind of like setting the scene we all know we're going to eat soon and I also think that's the other um joy of cooking at home is as opposed to like an uber eats or dad just rocks home with you know a takeaway is that there's this preparation um, and the smells permeate the house, which gets the digestive juices flowing and just sets the anticipation for that meal that's about to come. So you're going to digest it better and it's going to be a really nurturing family experience, which is what we really need at the end of the day, no matter what you know, life's chucked at us at school or at work, just to have that nice nurturing belly filling. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. It's gorgeous. And I think that one of the key points that I love that you've made, Libby, is just the long-term investment. So, yes, your little kids are going to make a mess. Um, That's okay because you're making a long-term investment in their ability to, A, outsource dinner to when they get to high school, but B, (laughs) go on and nurture their family and go off to uni and travel the world and still be able to feed themselves nourishing food and also the long-term investment and I always say at what cost you know yes the junk food or the convenience food might be cheaper but at what cost so you're going to be spending more money with the naturopath or on your pharmaceutical medications or on your quality of life like there's always some something to pay isn't there absolutely absolutely awesome now I'd love to hear a little bit like if people are listening to you and just thinking wow Libby's really Libby's message is really landing with me she's talking my language you know maybe they're playing the podcast to the hubby and they're like nodding along I'm on board like how can we work with you um well I on my website if you go to ditchthecarbs.com um there are ebooks there for you there is right on the front page there's a free meal plan and a free shopping list you can go and download um I have like I said there's ebooks that you can go and buy and I also have a membership program where 
I have got a low carb course where I teach you absolutely every aspect of low carb living and I go through it stepwise. You know, every lesson I teach is there for a reason. Every lesson is serves a purpose. Every lesson could be the light bulb that you need to make progress or to help low carb or whole food, whatever it is for you with your family. And then I also give support with the membership so that we do mini challenges so that you don't fall back into old habits. You um you continue to make progress. You have the support of the amazing community around you, all sharing their stories. And it's a lovely small community because it's the, um, I have a free group, which has got something like 45,000 in there. Wow. And that's wonderful, but I cannot give individual attention there. Whereas the smaller paid group is a wonderful community. And there's no judgment. That's what I love about it because some people will be on day one and they don't even know how to recognize where carbs are hiding in food. They don't know that there's sugar in their, um, their trim chai latte and they don't realize that there's sugar in their big jubba jub juice or something like that. Mm. And then we've got other members who have been low carb for years and they all they want to do is stay in there because they want to stay motivated for life because they're fed up of being on this yo-yo kind of roller coaster of on a diet, off a diet, and just being there and in the membership and we do little mini challenges and we do um, we'll do like maybe a carnival challenge one month or we'll do a um, an egg fast challenge or an exercise challenge. We do all little different things. You've got to keep it fun and fresh and relevant because that's what everyone says. They can do anything for a while, but it's they don't want to fall back into old habits. So that's if anyone is interested in that, that's at ditchthecarbspro.com. So that's the, the um, membership site. Sounds fantastic. Absolutely is. And, and I love the fact that you've got you do base this around community because I really think that community and being around people who are doing the same thing is absolutely key yep. to this because you can just, yeah, like you say, get support and celebrate wins and just be inspired yeah. by seeing other people doing it as opposed to, you know, because it, I know it, the tide is turning, like you said at the beginning, Libby, but, you know, and we feel like everyone's doing this because we live in it. But then when you go when you pop out into the real world and out of the bubble and into the supermarket, you're like, oh, shit, like, look what's going on, you know? So it, that's why it is so important to have those, um, those groups like your pro group. So that's just so awesome. And I really love your stepwise approach as well. That just really breaks it down and just makes it so ugh, achievable. That's well, that's what I like. I just find that so many people come to me saying, I'm always falling on and off the wagon again. How do I make this for life? And one of the first lessons we actually go through is understanding your why. And that is one of, you know, people may think, oh, you know, why do we need to go over this? And I always say, understanding your why, think about a little bit deeper what your reasons are. If it's just to lose weight and get a smaller dress, well, that's only going to last you until you've got down to that dress size. But if you think of a deeper why, so maybe somebody might think, well, actually, I want to avoid the health complications that my parents had, then that sometimes, for well, not sometimes, a lot of the time, actually helps people, you know, and they're often maybe a piece of cake or a juice or something that they don't want. It's easy to think, you know what, I don't want that anymore because not because I want a smaller dress, but I don't want that anymore because I'm preventing the health issues my parents have or because I'm actually preventing a chronic condition or because I have found, just discovered my life is so much better without the junk food and the sugar. Absolutely. It's a much deeper compelling why, isn't it? Like, you know, mm. and, and for those of us who've had a hideous health crisis, like that's who why. I don't want to go back to, you know, not being able to sleep, not being able to poo, being so completely anxious with weird phobias. No, thanks. I would much rather yeah. just be going through life like happy-go-lucky and appreciating every day. That's my why. It's like, and it is, it's so important to know you why. And I think that until we get to that point, before that, all of our life has just literally been, I need to lose weight for the wedding. I need to lose weight for the holiday. It's just about the yeah. Opposed to the the whole the whole health. Now, three three things that I want to ask you. Not three things. One question about three things: alcohol, coffee, and chocolate. So those are three <laughs> things that are quite hard for people to give up, right? And can sometimes be the thing that gets people on and off the wagon. So I just want to hear from you, Libby, about your personal opinion 
of where you think alcohol, coffee, and chocolate fit into like a long-term low-carb lifestyle? Okay. Well, the good news is you don't have to give them up. That's my first thing. Hey. For a lot of people, I completely agree with you. For a lot of people, it is actually a deal breaker whether they even start a lifestyle change. If I said to people, you are never going to allow a cup of coffee, a glass of wine, or a piece of chocolate ever again, they'd go, oh, for goodness sake, Libby, I am not joining your program. I am not doing this. I'm sorry. I want to live life and, and, and have fun. And they kind of said that you're never allowed it, and you absolutely are. And so, for example, chocolate. I have chocolate every single week. But what I do now is that, and I've said this a number of times when I do my lives, is that we have 95 or 90% chocolate. Now, when people first start out, they go, oh my goodness, that is so bitter and so disgusting. But again, I did it stepwise. We slowly went from the family to having, you know, the really sugary, junky kind of dairy milk chocolate. Then we went up to sort of like the old gold, maybe 75%. (laughs) Then we went up to about 80%. So we kind of did it stepwise. And now my children actually really like the 90 and 95%. And that's got the, the least amount of sugar in it possible. And I, all the it may be different in Australia, but in New Zealand, all the sugar-free chocolate here is not truly sugar-free. It's all got maltitol and different sweeteners that I don't like, and maltitol still raises your blood sugar anyway. So I don't go for the sugar-free sweet, the sugar-free chocolates. I go for the 90-95%. And in fact, every time I'm in Australia, I always go to the lint shop and I stock up. They must know I'm coming now, and I stock up on the 99% because you can't buy it here. And I go in there and I go, can I have 10 blocks of 99%? So absolutely, chocolate can work into your lifestyle. There are recipes that I have. I have chocolate mousse, chocolate orange mousse, um, paleo chocolate bark, chocolate cupcakes, chocolate slow cooker cakes, you name it. You can still work it in. You just find low-carb alternatives. And then for when it comes for coffee, absolutely. I have a coffee every single day. I'm never going to give that up. Well, I shouldn't say never. You should never say never. But I do love my coffee. And I just choose to have my coffee in a different way now. So I no longer have flat whites or um, anything that is really milk-based because when you think of the volume of the milk that goes into a milky coffee like a latte or a cappuccino, it can add up to some people's full carb allowance. So it could add up to sort of 20 or 30 grams of carbs depending on the size of coffee that you order. Then if they want to put a little syrup in there as well, that's more sugar. So what I tend to do is I tend to have, I've got an espresso machine and I put in a a lunjo, so a long coffee. I top it up with hot water, and then I do maybe, I give it a good splash of cream, so maybe two tablespoons of cream. So I still have this beautiful, luxurious coffee every day, but instead of 20, 30 grams of carbs, it's only one gram. And so I I still feel like I'm treating myself. I still get that coffee. You know, it's my little treatment. All the children have gone to school. Everyone knows it's 8 o'clock, bam, the coffee machine goes on. And I come into my office, I open my laptop and I have my coffee and that's my little ritual. Mm. And so that's what I love. And then the final thing for alcohol, alcohol is a bit of a mixed bag. I still drink alcohol. Last year I had a complete alcohol free year, which a long story, but I challenged myself to three days and then a week and then a month. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if I can go for a whole year. Loved it, but I wasn't doing it for any health reasons. I was just doing it to experiment how I felt. I'm back on alcohol again, but I've limited myself to maybe one or two glasses a week, generally only one. Um, and I say with alcohol, absolutely go for it. If you still want to enjoy the alcohol, go for it. If the scales have stopped for you, you may just need to stop it for a period. So it's not no forever, it's just no for now. And so you may want to stop it just in case, you know, until the scales start moving again because your body will always metabolize the alcohol first before it actually metabolizes any fat loss. And also, if you are going to be choosing alcohol, just make better choices. So a dry white wine or a, or a, um, a sort of a, a, non, a non-sweet red wine and go for champagne is still on the cards, ladies. So you can still <laughs> have your champagne, um, but just don't choose the sweet ones. And if you like the spirits, go for either spirits on the rocks or spirits with a sugar-free mixer. So just make better choices and just be mindful of how much you're drinking because that's where I see a lot of people fall over, that they actually think, oh, one or two glasses a night is fine. And you may still be within your carb limit, but actually that one or two glasses, it really needs to stop and just really think about how much you're drinking on a chronic basis. 
Mm, so more about the ethanol, ethanol metabolization as opposed to how many carbs is in it because that kicks you out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. That's really well described. Thank you. That's awesome. And um, <laughs> I think it really uses a case of thinking about long-term and, you know, um, what's a deal breaker for you. And for some people, giving up coffee is no big deal. But for most people, chocolate's always in the picture, especially if mm-hmm. you're um, and, and the same thing with alcohol, like it really depends on the person and what they're used to. And, and, you know, so I think how you've described that there is really good. And I'm all about, swap, you know, making good swaps in life and, you know, getting low carbon primal alternatives to the foods we love to make life easier. Um, and I just want to know, I'm so curious, Libby, have you tried anything from the primal alternative range ever or ever come across those before? No, I don't think we can actually access them in here in New Zealand. Tell me more. <laughs> well, you know what? I seriously, and it's so funny what you were saying. I've got to just point out as well when you were talking about your stepwise approach to chocolate and how you had the, it was exactly what we did. So funny because we had like, the, you know, the really sickly sweet dairy milk and then we went on to the old gold. And it's so funny because my husband's a Kiwi, like I was saying before, and that's how he says it, old gold. So that's like how, <laughs> that's like how you think I was laughing. It's like old gold. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, now we're on. I'm on the ninety percent linked, and I really got to try the ninety nine percent. But anyway, that's an aside. So, um, seriously, every third email I get is, "Can I get your products in New Zealand?" So, for anybody that's listening, Libby's audience that wants to get into the wellness um, field and wants to start making primal alternatives for your community, then totally get in touch because we need you. We've got one primalista, which is a primal alternative producer, in Christchurch, Susie Cole. Shout out to Susie. Brilliant. You're getting orders from all over New Zealand. So I definitely, I know you said no gift needed, but I would love to send you some of our low-carb products, Libby, and just see what you think, especially since you're good pals with our friend Terry Allen in Victoria. Oh, she's gorgeous. <laughs> absolutely if they can come through customs absolutely i'll give them a go yeah well um they can so yeah so that's great so we'll get some we've got a whole range of low carb stuff so we've got pizzas breads cookies um so yeah we'll get some stuff shipped out you have to let me know what you think they are desperately needed here in new zealand so yes somebody sign up for this and, and bring start bringing them over <laughs> <laughs> we did we definitely need it now, just to wrap up, we've talked a lot today about food and getting the family on board, um, but I'm really inspired by you personally, Libby, and what you've done um, in the world, uh, you know, to, to change the, the, the lives of so many people. And I know you fuel yourself really well in terms of food, but what else is important to you in terms of lifestyle or rituals that are really essential to your well-being and to help you show up? the best version of you in the world? Um, I think that would be for me, number one would be family. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, I don't even have to think about that. Um, It's being with family. It's being with my kids, being with my husband and just being with them, you know, whether it's, you know, in the morning, in the morning rush, whether it's in the afternoon and cooking dinner in the evening, whether it's, um, we've got a little beach house and we go and spend a lot of time up there and just getting away from everything is just heavenly. And then on a more sort of um, individual level, I um, do a lot of, and I don't call it exercise, I call it activities because a lot of people are turned off by the word exercise. They even call it the E word, but I love to be active. And so I've got a girlfriend who meets me twice a week down the bottom of the road and we go for a run and a natter and a walk and a talk twice a week at 6am in the morning and that just really starts the day off well. I also love sailing and for me sailing I sail on a big yacht and that for me is just mindful time. I'm with the guys, they give me a lot of stick, they they joke with me, they're rude to me and I love every minute of it. That's just wonderful to be out there and I also sail, I've got a little um, sunburst, so a little um, a two-person dinghy. I guess is the easiest way of explaining it, a little centerboard boat. And I go out with my daughter, I go out with my girlfriends, and it challenges me mentally, it challenges me physically, it's social. Um, sometimes I get my confidence knocked, sometimes I think I can do things, but it's that constant challenging, no matter how old we're getting, as I'm heading into, you know, quite well, a, a, a significant birthday, shall we say, happened last year. And so I want to be as fit and active and as supple and as able 
for as long as I can. And if I'm going to be 80 and still kind of dragging my sorry legs into my little boat, that would be a dream come true. So by just being active and going for walks on the beach, that for me is everything. Oh, sounds wonderful. Libby, you've been such an awesome guest. I'm so stoked to connect with you and um, and get your message to, to my audience. It's so, so cool. Is there one final thing or one parting message you'd like to leave our audience with today? Um, I guess the thing would be no matter what kind of change you're going to make, whether it's lifestyle, behavioral, diet, exercise, whatever it is, go slowly. And even if you think to yourself, you know, the mountain you have to climb is just, you cannot even fathom how many things you have to change in your life. Just make one simple, tiny change a week. And that's 52 in a year or make one big change a month. And that's 12 in a year. And I remember speaking to a friend of mine who's Um, son was absolutely addicted to lollies and sweets and cakes and everything else and she didn't know how to start I said look just do that one tiny step one big step a month one tiny step a week and she went oh my goodness I've never thought of it in that way before I thought I had to do the complete change I said no you just do it stepwise you do it slowly and do what works for you and your situation and if you break it down you know one of my favorite sayings is devour the elephant one chunk at a time because it is you can't devour an entire elephant it's just one tiny wee chunk and they think actually you know what this is doable and once you feel proud of one change you can go on to the next and I think that works for everything in life just one tiny step awesome such beautiful advice Libby thank you so much (laughs) awesome This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.